Today we're going to John chapter 13, 34 to 35. John chapter 13, verses 34 to 35. Take your time. I'll wait. And I'll just read it for us. Jesus says, A new command I give you, love one another. As I have loved you, so you must love one another. By this, everyone will know that you are my disciples if you love one another. Let's go to God in prayer one more time. Father, we come to you this morning to hear your word. We truly believe that your word is life-giving, it's living, and it's life-changing. So we just pray that your spirit would open our eyes, our ears, and our hearts so that we, we may receive your word spoken this morning. Father, be with us. Bless our time together. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Um, before we begin, I would just like to thank God and all of you for this opportunity. Um, most of you guys are meeting me for the first time. Um, and if you look at the bulletin, my last name is Kim. And if that hasn't quite revealed it to you yet, I am Korean. Um, and in my Korean culture, there are two pieces of information that you are sort of expected to share with one another if you're meeting uh, new people for the first time. And those two things are your name and your age. So I don't expect all of you to share that with me. That'd be too much. But uh, I'm just going to share mine. Uh, my name is Young Kwang, and that's my first name. Those two things, Young Kwang, that's my first name. And I prefer to go by Young Kwang because in Korean, that means glory. And there's something in the Bible, right? Something about glory and God, something about that. So I like my name very much. So I, I would really appreciate if you try to pronounce Young Kwang whenever, um, whenever we greet each other after the service. My age, I'm 34. Um, lately, I've been noticing that my age is this awkward age. I'm not quite young enough. I'm not quite old enough. Um, I'm not young enough to be among the youth or young adults. I'll just give you an example. Recently, I was talking to a high school student at my current church, and I was trying to encourage him to reach out to me with everything, right? I mean, if he had a prayer request or if he just needed to talk to someone, I said, hey, call me, right? And I was doing this. I was doing what I consider to be the universal hand gesture for call me. He immediately shook his head and said, you're so old. We do this now. So I'm not young enough. But am I old enough? Not really. Um, again, I was talking to some of the older people in my current church, and we were sharing about, you know, what our last 18 months have been like, and I was sharing that it's been very difficult, right? And I told them that I could not imagine anything worse than what I went through in the last 18 months. This older gentleman slightly turned to me, and he said, you know, I lived through the Second World War, and then I fought in the Korean War. You're young enough, that, so you might not get this, but I'm telling you, things can get worse. So I'm not claiming today that the last 18 months that we all been through were the worst that humanity's ever seen, but they were certainly bad for everyone. And I'm not just talking about the pandemic. I'm also talking about all the hate, the divisions, and screaming, yelling that we have seen in our own country. 
And something that became obvious to me is that this world, especially our country, needs love more than ever. Interestingly enough, we believe in Christianity. We, we, we have this Christian faith, and people say that Christianity is a religion of love. I'm sure you have heard that, you've heard that cliche before, and I say this quite often. Cliches are cliches because they are true. And this cliche that we have, Christianity is a religion of love, it seems to track with what Jesus is saying in our scripture reading. He says, love one another as I have loved you, so you must love one another. And by this, this love, everyone will know that you are my disciples if you love one another. So how do you tell if somebody is a Christian or not? Jesus answers by her or his love. So it seems to me that this cliche is true, that Christianity is a religion of love, and love is what defines Christians. Then shouldn't Christianity be like flourishing in this climate? Right? It's a basic supply and demand kind of thing. Think about it. The world needs love more than ever. It has a demand, and we have, allegedly, the supply. It is our faith is all about love. Then Christianity, it should be flourishing and growing in this climate. It should be spreading and growing. It should be supplying its love from sea to shining sea. But that isn't the reality, is it? Christianity isn't growing in our country. It's been declining for a while. Some say for more than two decades. Something is clearly off. It's unfortunate that in this climate, this religion of love cannot provide the sufficient love that millions of people are longing for. We're clearly missing something here. When athletes fall into a slump, they go back to their basics. I once read about um, a soccer player playing in the best league in the world um, about, and, and about his slump. When he got into his slump, he went back to something that he learned as a five-year-old kid. And in a way, Christianity, our faith, is in a slump. Right? The world has a demand, but we, as the Christians, cannot meet the demand. So before we start loving Maybe it's time for us to go back to our basics and, and just try to get out of that slump first. And where do we find our basics? Scripture, of course. So let's go back to our scripture. In our scripture reading in John 13, verses 34 to 35, where Jesus commands us to love. What is fascinating about this particular scripture reading is that he says that this is a new command. But loving isn't a new command. It's an old command. In fact, this is so old that you find it where? In the Old Testament. In Leviticus 19.18, God commands, love your neighbor as yourself. Yet today, Jesus insists that this loving thing is a new thing. Then he clarifies that by saying, as I have loved you, so you must love one another. Love each other as Jesus has loved us. Christians must love each other as Jesus Christ has loved them. Then when we're talking about this love thing, right, that when we're talking about Christianity as a religion of love, we're not talking about any kind of love. We're talking about a very specific kind of love. We're talking about Christ 
like love. So how has Jesus loved us, we ask ourselves. We can obviously point to the cross, right? But, but before we get there, let's look at the larger context of our scripture reading. What we read this morning is just a small fraction of a long dialogue between Jesus and his disciples. It actually, this dialogue actually begins earlier in John 13 when Jesus starts washing the feet of his disciples. As you can imagine, this foot washing thing is a very degrading and lowly task, something that servants did. You know, very rarely it was done as a sign of deep devotion, but it was always a person with a lower social status washing the feet of a person with a higher social status. So if we were the disciples washing the feet of Jesus, then completely fine. We would have understood it. It was that, that would have been culturally and socially acceptable, but that's not what is happening here. It's the other way around. It's the teacher washing the feet of his students. What Jesus was doing was radically different. What's fascinating is that after he finished washing the feet of his disciples, he says this to them in verses 14 and 15. Now that I, your Lord and teacher, have washed your feet, you also should wash one another's feet. I have set you an example that you should do as I have done for you. That same night, just a few moments later, Jesus says, this is a new command. A new command I give you. Love one another as I have loved you, so you must love one another. Then this phrase, as I have loved you, must point to the foot washing, this radically different kind of love of Jesus Christ that is full of service and sacrifice. And because it is so radically different, this command becomes something new. And the same radically different type of love is what defines our faith, Christianity. But today, such Christ-like love is missing in our church. And I'm not singling out Brookfield CRC. That would be a terrible way to interview for a job. (laughs) What I'm trying to say is that while we all know that we've been called to love, we forget that we are called to love in a very specific way, the way that Jesus loved us. There is a story um, you might have heard of it, but I'd like to share right now. Um, There was a young Indian man studying law in South Africa. He was, a, he was intellectual, he was wise, caring, and empathetic. But more than anything, this man, this young man, wanted to find the cure for um, the caste system in India, this hierarchical social system. In, while studying law in South Africa, he was exposed to Christianity. And although he was a practice, practicing Hindu, he immediately fell in love with Jesus Christ. He particularly loved Jesus' Sermon on the Mount. When Jesus called his disciples to love their enemies, this young man thought that this radically different kind of love might be the cure that he's been looking for. So he decided to visit a nearby church. As he was walking toward the entrance, the greeter stopped him and refused to let him in. The greeter suggested that this church, this congregation, 
was for white people only. The, the name of this young man is Mahatma Gandhi. He later says this about his experience. I like your Christ, but I do not like your Christians. Your Christians are so unlike your Christ. If it weren't for Christians, I would be a Christian. When we forget to love like Jesus has loved us, our love no longer resembles that radically different kind of love that we have received. When we forget to love like Jesus, our religion of love cannot supply the love that the world is looking for. People may come searching for love in our faith, but that lack of Christ-like love might just send them away. So before we love, it is crucial that we go back to our basics to remind ourselves of the same love that we have received, the same love that we are called to give. So let's go back to our basics. How has Jesus loved us? He has loved us unconditionally. He has loved us self-sacrificially, right? He demonstrated his love for us when he laid down his life for us. His love has been radically different. But let's be real. Most of us knew the answers, right? After all, these are some of the basic things about Christian love. But that's what Jesus is calling our attention to, that we are to love just like him. Now, those of us who had tried to love like Jesus understands this, right? There is another problem at hand. As the psychologist John Sanford puts it, love cannot be willed. I'm going to say that again. Love cannot be willed. The person who tries to love like a love by an act of will is likely to wind up with a persona that looks like he or she is loving, but with a shadow side hidden in the unconscious that negates it. Love must come from the heart if it's to be genuine. In other words, we can pretend to love like Jesus, but that fake-it-until-you-make-it approach it's got its limits. Something more fundamental has to change if we are to love like Jesus Christ. In order for us to truly love, something more fundamental has to change. And Sanford says, right, that love has to come from the heart. Then it must be the case that that radically different kind of love requires a radically different kind of heart. See, love isn't just a piece of information that we understand in our head it's more than that. It's also an act that we can experience, meaning our hearts can feel love. That's why true love doesn't just stay up here in our heads, but it moves us both physically and emotionally. Unless a person experiences a radically different kind of love, that person will not be able to love someone in that same radically different kind of way. Likewise, it is not enough that we wrap our heads around the fact that the Son of God loves us unconditionally and self-sacrificially, we have to let that love come into us and reverberate through our bodies so that we are changed by that love. We must be changed before we can love. Perhaps the fact that the church in America cannot satisfy this deep, deep longing for love has something to do with this. 
Maybe we the Christians in America do not love like Jesus has loved us because we view the love of Christ as something that is just abstract and doctrinal, something that we just need to understand up here. Maybe we have forgotten that the love of Christ is more than just a piece of information, but our reality. This sentiment is echoed in Jesus' letter to the church in Ephesus, which is found in Revelation 2. I'm paraphrasing. Jesus says to Ephesian church, you're doing all the right things. You know your Bible. You know your doctrines. You have persevered in keeping what is true, and you have you know, persevered in rejecting what is false. But he says, I hold this against you, though. You have forsaken the love that you had at first. Do you remember the, the time, the first time that you realized that Jesus loved you and died for you? That first love, do you remember that moment? I do. But at the same time, I have to admit, sometimes I forget. Sometimes that love becomes a mere piece of information, like a doctrinal statement that I just keep on repeating to myself, and nothing more. Perhaps the same thing happens to you sometimes. So let's ask ourselves, when was the last time that your heart was changed, that you were so moved because you felt that love of Christ so deeply in your heart? Maybe it's been a long time. Maybe it's time for us to go back to the basics, to remind ourselves that this phrase, as I have loved you, points to this unchanging, everlasting, absolute truth that Jesus loved, still loves, and will always love us. Additionally, we must go beyond that having, having that understanding about Jesus' love. We must accept that this love is our reality, that we have, to re- we have to remind ourselves that we have been loved first. As I have loved you, this phrase in our scripture reading reminds us that Jesus has loved us unconditionally and self-sacrificially. Before we love, we should once again let this love of Jesus Christ reverberate through our bodies to move us toward loving, our, or loving others in the same way. In the midst of all the hate, divisions, and all sorts of injustice, the world needs and longs for a radically different kind of love. And as Christians, we understand that the radically different kind of love of Jesus can heal the world today. But unless we remind ourselves of this radically different love that we ourselves have received from Christ, we will not be able to supply the love that the world's longing for. We can go on pretending to love like Jesus Christ, to be a, this conduit of Christ's love, but that we will only be faking it without ever making it. We can only love like Christ when we accept the love of Christ first. And Christianity can only be a religion of love when Christians remember the love of Christ that they felt that first. So before we love, let's recognize and acknowledge that we have been loved by Christ. And today we have an opportunity to remember and accept the love of Christ. 
in just a few moments, we will have a communion together, right? The bread and the wine of this heavenly feast represent the love of Christ, this visible sign of invisible grace. The bread and wine remind us that Jesus loved us by laying his life for us. So as we accept the bread and the wine, let's accept the love of Christ also. Let's, let's, let's feel that love again. Have that love reverberate through our bodies so that we may be prompted to remember the love that we felt at first. Before we love others, let's have the love of Christ feed us and nourish us and to move us toward loving others in that same way. Let's go to God in prayer. Loving Father, this morning we want to praise you and thank you for this tangible reminder that before you called us to love, you showed us how to love with your unconditional and self-sacrificial love. We know that the whole creation is groaning and longing for your radically different type of love. We know that also, we also know that you have called us to be the extension of your love, to love others as you have loved us. Jesus, we are so sorry for all those times that when we fail to love like you have loved us. We have tried to love apart from your love because sometimes we forget the love that we felt at first. So, Spirit, move in us today. Transform us, mold us, so that we can love like we have been loved by Jesus Christ. In the name of Jesus, who has loved us by laying down his life for us, we pray. Amen.